Girlfriends, episode number 34, Learn to Set Boundaries. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? I'm so glad you've shown up for another episode of Girlfriends. I'm happy to have you here with me. This episode I am pre-recording. I'm actually recording this on Friday, August 12th, because we're going out of town. Um, We're going on a road trip that I've mentioned a couple of times already, but um, we're bringing my son Ambrose to Ave Maria University down in Florida. It's going to take us several days (laughs) and a couple of cars to get down there. And right now it's about a million degrees out here in New Hampshire. And I don't even know what the humidity is. It's like, it's like swimming out there in the air. It's horrible. So um, I know I'm not going to find any refreshment on my way down south. But uh, I like the heat anyway. So looking forward to um, checking out some sites in Florida with those of my kids who are able to go and Dan and I and seeing the campus and seeing my boy off to start his new year, which he is super excited about. Um, we've been working on getting some last minute fun out of summer these past few days, trying to do the things that we you know, said we'd do. We, we tried to plan a, another beach trip and that kind of fell through. We've been doing some mini golf. And then yesterday, Dan, at the last minute, Uh, scored some tickets to see Jimmy Buffett for uh, the two of us. And Dan is a huge fan of Jimmy Buffett. I think he's a lot of fun. I'm not quite as huge a fan um, of Jimmy Buffett's music, but I like him a lot. He's fun. We saw him once before. We saw him last summer um, on Jones Beach in Long Island. But this year, we saw him in um, a smaller theater, an indoor place in Boston. It's right across the street from Fenway Park, which is called House of Blues. And wow, that was a lot of fun. Um, First of all, I have to tell you about how we got these tickets. Dan got them on eBay. First, he tried to order them through Ticketmaster, you know, the legit way. When they first were available for sale, this was kind of like a little pop-up concert. It only became uh, known just a couple of weeks ago, and they started selling tickets that he was going to do this smaller concert, kind of a last-minute thing. So tickets were uh, hard to get, and we did not succeed in getting any that day that they went on sale. But Dan picked them up on eBay the day of the concert. He contacted this guy who was selling three tickets on eBay, told him we were interested in two, and the guy said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll sell you two of them, and arranged to meet us at the box office because – um, apparently, you know, he can't just call and say the tickets are for so-and-so. He, you know, whoever purchased the tickets has to show ID and pick them up. So we met this guy and it was, like I said, about a million degrees out. And we like, because this is a last minute thing, I just had to kind of throw things together here at the house and make sure the kids were covered. And we were planning to stay overnight in Boston. So that was a little bit, a little bit of an extra scramble to figure out where we were going to stay and all of those details that go into making a last minute trip like that. So the guy had said for us to meet him at the box office, like between 5 and 5.30, and we were racing to get down there to find parking, figure out where we could leave the car overnight. And 
get in line, go meet him in line. And he was texting us like during the whole like last half hour of our trip saying, I'm in line and you need to be here by the time I get to the front of the line. And Dan was super stressed. And anyway, we ended up showing up and this guy was super nice. The line had not moved at all. He wasn't making his way toward the front of the line because he told us to meet him between 5 and 5.30, which we were doing. And the the doors didn't even open until 6. So no line was moving. Everybody was just like standing in line and sweating to death. And um, the so the guy ended up, you know, we, he gave us our tickets, but he was there with the guy who bought the third ticket that he had, you know. Um, and I was kind of curious because, I mean, who buys a ticket to go to a concert by themselves? Well, this guy does. I mean, <laughs> and he was great. His name was Mike. Here's a shout out to Mike, who will never in a million years ever listen to the Girlfriends podcast. Um, but we ended up, uh, you know, talking with him and we hung out with him through the whole concert, through the whole night. He was buying us drinks and um, he turned out to be, he's a super nice, super normal guy, except for one thing. He is a ridiculous Jimmy Buffett fan, like crazy I mean, he, I guess he's seen him over 30 times and he knows all these stats about him and um, like was ready with like, you know, the set list that he thought he was going to play and talking about what he hoped he would play. And he was like an expert, like a Jimmy Buffett expert. So this is one bonus in going to this particular concert was that we got to attend the concert with Mike, who was hilarious. And he, um, he had... He's from Phoenix, and he happened to be visiting in the area because his wife has family. She was pregnant, and she said, oh, please go. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. So he went by himself to Jimmy Buffett and hung out with us, and it was totally fun. It was so hot in there, so humid in there. It was um, a ton of fun, though, because we were, like, on the floor in the front. We were really close to Jimmy, and um, so it was fun to see him that way. We'd seen him from farther away before, and it just felt like a, a very kind of more personal kind of concert, and a lot of fun in that way. Uh, I was drenched in sweat by the time I got out of there. And yeah, there was some like jumping up and down and dancing and stuff, but it wasn't because of that. It was because it was so hot in there and there was so little oxygen. One further complication that I discovered as we were leaving, I didn't uh, feel this until the concert was done and we were going to walk to our to the tea station to get to our hotel. But uh, my feet were killing me. I made the excellent decision, thank you very much, to wear a pair of platform wedges. <laughs> and by the time we had waited in line and then waited inside for the concert to start and then went through the entire concert, like you didn't even have a seat. There was no sitting down at this concert. I was on my feet that entire time in these tall shoes. And I'm a fan of tall shoes and I'm very used to walking in them. I've got some killer calves to prove it. But wow, uh, my feet were killing me. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't care. I've done this before. Uh, I was going to take them off, you know, and just walk barefoot um, to get to the tea station. Probably would have put them back on on the tea station. But anyway, uh, I couldn't do that either because uh, this particular pair of sandals that I haven't worn in a while, um, my feet, like they're a little bit large, I guess. My feet kind of move in them a little bit. And I didn't notice this at all. And it's never been an issue before. But I guess because I was on my feet that long, my feet were like kind of moving in the sandal and rubbing horrible blisters. Like I could not walk barefoot. It was like my feet were shredded, but they didn't look it, but it just was 
the most incredibly painful thing trying to walk. So it was also incredibly painful to try to walk with the shoes on. So um, I begged Dan to carry me, but that wasn't happening. And uh, I just kind of limped along to get to the tea station and then sat down for most of the ride and then got to our hotel. There was a little bit of a walk to our hotel and I was dying but it was totally worth it the shoes looked awesome and uh the jimmy buffett concert was a lot of fun so that's one thing that we've been doing so if you're doing something fun to get the last bits of fun out of your summer i would love to hear about it you can leave me voice feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com or you can send me an mp3 or you can use voxer or you can send me a good old-fashioned email danielle at daniellebean.com But I want to move on to this week's topic, which is about setting boundaries, which I could probably do a series of 100 podcasts on setting boundaries, because as, you know, psychobabble as setting boundaries sounds, I think it's a really important thing. I think it's a really important part of healthy relationships. And so while I'm not an expert, um, there are lots of resources and uh, professional counseling and everything out there that can help you with that. Um, I do have some thoughts that I wanted to share with you with regard to setting boundaries. Um, I think inside of a relationship, if you're experiencing tension or conflict inside of a relationship, a lot of times, a lot of times a troubled relationship is troubled because someone's not respecting boundaries. It is all about boundaries. And so, yeah, sorry for the psychobabble. It's not how I usually prefer to talk, but I think it makes a ton of sense to think about boundaries in terms of healthy relationships. So I just have four things that I want to mention um, that I've experienced are really helpful when it comes to setting boundaries. If you're experiencing trouble inside of a relationship and you think it might be um, something with regard to boundaries that you need to address, then I I recommend these, these four things. So first of all, figure out what you want, decide what you want. And this is super important to have this conversation with yourself and be clear with what's going on or what you believe to be going on inside of a relationship, what's bothering you, what it is that's, uh, you know, you're feeling violated by, that you're feeling put out by, that you're feeling used by, or, you know, whatever it is that you're experiencing tension inside of a relationship of any kind. This could be inside of your family, could be in your marriage, it could be with your kids, it could be with coworkers. Um, it could be with a boss, it could be with a neighbor, you know, there's so many different people that we have different kinds of relationships with, and there are different levels of appropriate boundaries in every single relationship. So figure it out, figure out what you think is going on in that relationship first. So before you even try to address it with the other person, you need to figure out what you want. If you think, for example, that your neighbor is um, abusing you because she is leaving her kid or letting her kid come over your house all the time, just wander into your yard and all of a sudden you're feeding this kid lunch every day or whatever it is, um, you know, figure out what that is. Say, you know, think to yourself, okay, I don't mind if the neighbor's kid comes over a couple of times a week, but I'm feeling like this is an everyday thing and it's not reciprocated. So be clear about that. Be clear about what it is you want, what you think is reasonable, where you think it crosses the line, and so that you can clearly communicate what that boundary is to the person that you're in this relationship with. So um, that takes us to the second point that I want to make, which is be clear and be firm. I mean, sometimes we don't set boundaries in our relationships. We let people abuse us. We let people run all over us because we don't want to be mean. We don't want to be a jerk. We want to be seen as nice. We want to be generous, you know. But ultimately, if we're feeling abused, if we're feeling that we're being taken advantage of, 
we're going to resent that and it's human to resent it and it's not okay to let that go on inside of a relationship. So being clear and firm about what boundaries are, it's not mean. You know, I think about it in terms of, um, not that you have to treat everybody like a child, but I do think about it in terms of the way that I experience like discipline with my kids and set boundaries with my kids. You know, discipline is the ultimate boundary setting, right? Like you cross this line and this will happen. There are consequences. And a lot of times I, I like to teach my kids with natural consequences. That's a very popular kind of idea that, you know, you don't do your homework. Okay, well, you're you're not going to pass your test or you're going to get a bad grade or your teacher's going to be disappointed in you or you're going to be embarrassed in front of the class. Whatever it is, kind of letting them experience those natural consequences. Well, setting boundaries, even with a peer or even with somebody that's superior to you, can be about allowing them to learn about natural consequences of their own behavior because you're not doing them any favors with regard to their other relationships if you're letting them abuse you and take advantage of you they're not learning and maybe they're not even you know they're not culpable maybe it's not something that they've thought out and they're like I'm going to take advantage of her and I'm going to get away with this that maybe they've never thought about it and so this will be an opportunity to kind of introduce them to that idea that hey this doesn't feel good to me Hey, this doesn't feel fair to me. This doesn't feel right to me. So being clear and firm about that is not mean. It's actually helpful to them. Think about it as teaching them how to get along with you. That do do they want a relationship with you? Well, here's how we can have a healthy relationship. And you can communicate that, that to the person, whatever person it is, whether it's someone you're close to or not so close to, to communicate to them, I want to have a good relationship with you. I want to have a positive relationship with you. So communicating about this boundary that I'm feeling needs to be set is how I'm going to do that. So with the neighbor example, you could say, um, I feel like, you know, Katie's coming over every single day. I feel like I, she's at our house for lunch every day. I don't feel like my kids are going over your house. I'm feeling a little bit like, you know, a babysitter. And I don't want to feel that way. I, I want to feel good about Katie coming over and playing. I want to feel good about the time our kids spend together. And I want to feel like we have a mutually supportive relationship as neighbors. So talk to them, you know, what, about what you think that boundary should be. Like maybe Katie, <laughs> that's funny. I'm saying Katerie because that's my daughter's name. Anyway, maybe Katie, who's my imaginary child in this uh, little example here, maybe Katie could come over two days a week and pick what the days are and my kid could be over at your house for two other days or whatever it is that makes sense to you. That's why it's important to do that first step and be clear so that you're not hashing it out and, and feeling you know pressured by the other person to say, oh, it's no big deal and oh, you know, six days a week at my house is great or whatever it is, you know. So you're really, you're, you're communicating to them that you value the relationship and that you want it to be positive. You could just cut off the relationship because it's unpleasant to you or you feel taken advantage of and um, you don't appreciate, you know, it's negative in some way. You could just decide to cut it off, and some people do that. Um, but that's this is communicating to them, I care about this, and I want to continue this relationship, and I want it to be a positive thing for both of us. So that's not being mean. You need to get over that, and I know, I get it, because I have to have the same pep talk with myself sometimes that – this is not mean. This is me setting a reasonable boundary. This is me communicating a normal thing. This is me, you know, even if they don't get it, if it makes sense to you, you need to communicate it. If it's hurting your relationship with this person and you care about that relationship, you need to communicate it, even if they don't understand it. Which then brings me to my next point, which is you cannot control how they react. 
You're only responsible for yourself. So you're only responsible for yourself means you can't fix other people. You can't control how they're going to react to you. Maybe making what feels to you a very reasonable request for a change in behavior. And maybe they're not going to like it. Maybe it's, you know, a sticky situation with your mother-in-law coming by too often or, I mean, these are tough things to talk about because when you're setting boundaries, you're kind of, um, you know, telling people that you don't like what they've been doing. And sometimes it is about their presence. Sometimes it's about their interactions in your life that maybe you have a friend who's continually offering you advice in an area of your life where you don't want it, don't need it, and it's bothering you. You can communicate that. Maybe you have a friend that's um, sharing too much information with you or complaining about her husband, you know, continually in a way that makes you uncomfortable. You are allowed to communicate that. And it might not be well received because these are sticky situations where a person might feel offended. But that's why it's so important to be clear about what you want, to communicate it nicely and fairly, and with the emphasis on the fact that you want a healthy, positive relationship with this person and you value your time with them. I always talk about making a sandwich when you're delivering uncomfortable information or critique of some kind. The sandwich is like the two pieces of bread are positive things, compliments, and the inside, the meat of the sandwich is a critique of some kind or something that's negative that you need to share with a person. So, you know, with the neighbor example, you could be like, you know, I really love it when Katie comes over to play. She always shares so nicely with the kids and, you know, something positive and complimentary of the daughter or of the, the neighbor's family in general. And then just give them the meat of the sandwich after you've kind of opened with that positive comment that, you know, I really, I need to set these rules for how often she's over or, you know, whatever it is, give them that meat of the sandwich and then end it with a positive note. So, you know, you can reiterate what you first said, but even better, give them a second thing that you're, you're super positive about or about how much you value their relation, your relationship with them, how important they are to your family, how much you appreciate, you know, what, what they did for you that time when you were on bed rest or, you know, just remembering something they've done for you and, and pointing it out and recognizing it is a way to make people feel really valued and appreciated. So if you deliver the news inside of that sandwich, you can a little bit um, kind of soften the blow of what you're sharing with regard to setting boundaries. But then ultimately, you have to remember that you're only responsible for yourself. They might get mad. They might tell you, you know, forget it. This isn't worth it to me. Or they might be hurt for a while and, and need to be alone and think about it. Or, you know, you can't control that. You can control what you say. You can be fair about what you say. And if you've done a good job with that first part where you're deciding what you want, and then the second part being clear and firm, then you can feel okay. Even if they have an intensely negative reaction, you can remind yourself, and this is where I find it's helpful to have um, a spouse, as long as he's not the one that you're setting the boundaries with. But I often use Dan for this purpose because he's, he's a great sounding board for me. And he often sees things really clearly from the outside. And it's very helpful to me to kind of let him know what's going on. Or if I'm addressing something inside of a relationship, he can back me up and let me know I'm not being a jerk or tell me if I am being a jerk, you know, or help me ahead of time. You know, so it's important to maybe hash this out with somebody, maybe somebody you trust, it could be your husband, it could be a girlfriend or a sister or your mom or whatever, just to kind of make, you know, assure yourself that you're not being a jerk. And what you're requesting is reasonable and you're requesting it in a fair way. And then the fourth point that I want to make is that you need to be patient because changes in behavior take time. And that's on both sides inside of a relationship. I find that inside of relationships, 
we get very comfortable in our habits and that we fall back on habits all the time. And so you might have a great conversation with your sister about the way that you want to set certain boundaries and she might be very open and receptive to it and you have a great conversation and you come away feeling wonderful because you've communicated your need and your sister has heard it and she's going to, you know, change X, Y, or Z behavior and you're feeling very affirmed in that way and, but then it can all go to pot. <laughs> When one or the other of you falls into the habit of the way that you interact, the way that you communicate with one another or whatever it is, that we're very comfortable and we're such creatures of habit that it's important to be patient and recognize that it takes time to make a change in a relationship. And that's on your part and that's on the other person's part. You might you might need to regroup. You might need to restate the boundaries at another point. Like, hey, remember we had that conversation? Well, this happened, you know, just without being a jerk about it. You're, it's not being a jerk to assert your right to have reasonable and comfortable boundaries inside of your relationships. So those are my four thoughts on setting boundaries. First, figure out what you want. Be clear and firm. Remember you're only responsible for yourself and then be patient because these kinds of changes take time. I'm sure you have thoughts about setting boundaries in relationships. Maybe you have a story to share of it going very well or of it going very not well for you. The ways in which setting boundaries can improve relationships. If you have something you want to share on this topic or any of the topics we've taken up on the podcast, please email it to me. I would love to share it on a future show. That's what it's all about here at Girlfriends. You can leave me a voicemail or you can send me an email. You can connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on pretty much every social media so you can find me. Just, you know, reach out and let me know what's on your mind with regard to these topics because I really love to share different thoughts and ideas from different women from all walks of life. That's that's part of the beauty of sharing here at Girlfriends. Hey, Girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. So this week I had the opportunity to speak with Dweja Barobia, and I'm so proud of myself for knowing how to say her name. I'm also proud of myself for the fact that I was saying it correctly in my head when I was reading it online, and then I affirmed that that was true when we spoke on the phone. So I'm very proud of my phonetic skills, or lack thereof, I guess. No, it's pretty much phonetically spelled. So Dweja Barobia is awesome. You're going to so enjoy this conversation. She is just the charmingest person. Is that a word? Yes, I just said it, so it is. Dweja is just a joy to talk to, so I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Take a listen. It's a great day here at Girlfriends because the awesome Dweja Barobia is here with us. I am so excited for our chat. Dweja Barobia lives with her seven kids, six chickens, two dogs, one duck, and one lucky husband. I like that, duck and lucky. In, in rural southwest Michigan, where she dreams of painting furniture and enjoying the blessed day that people will stop losing their shoes. Oh my gosh, yes, so relate. Her favorite online place is Instagram, where you can follow her at, at House Unseen. Hi, Dweja. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you here. I've been a follower of yours online. I guess I started with Twitter, but I do follow you on Instagram too. And just watching your life is hilarious and so relatable. And you have such a great sense of humor about everything. Maybe just to kind of introduce yourself to listeners, um, you could explain why, why your name is House Unseen. What's that story? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
six years ago, my husband and I were living in uh, Southern California, mm-hmm. and we decided that, well, we had been trying for a long time to, to move, and we decided to buy a house sight unseen off the internet in uh, rural Michigan. Wow. So we did. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> <And> crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a fixer-upper that uh, was a foreclosure. It was really, really bad, 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 bad. <laughs> <laughs> But it was super cheap, so that was good. Right. <laughs> At least it wasn't one of those money pits where you thought you I feel like we knew it was going to be terrible. <laughs> right, right. You knew what you were getting into, sure. Thank goodness. Uh, so, yeah, so then we moved across the country, and we had uh, just four kids at the time, and we moved into our house, and, um, and yeah, that's how the blog started, just kind of sharing the adventures of fixing up that that crazy house and and just doing our thing over here, especially since none of our family, uh, close family, lived in the area, they were just assuming the worst. Like, you know, you know, they would hear like little, see little snippets, like maybe on Facebook, about like, ha ha, we snakes in the wall is hilarious. Oh my gosh! They're, like freaking out, thinking <laughs> that the children are, you know, my grandchildren are gonna die. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> So wait, the snake story is real. Just, is it real? The, snake, uh, the snake story is real. I'm dying. <laughs> I, I <don't... laughs> you know. I mean, you you tear out a wall and you just think it'd be like on a TV show, right? Well, I guess it was sort of a TV show, but the other kind that you don't want to be on, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. They had like made a nest in that insulation. Oh, this is so, um, this is nightmare material. Oh anyway, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, it worked out. So, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> no more snakes in the wall. See, that's the good thing. You know, you got the snakes out of the walls. So, yes. life is good. It's better than not getting the snakes out. Yeah, so imagine they could price. still be lurking there if you hadn't torn down mm-hmm. that wall. Oh my gosh, hilarious. And I just love the spirit of you guys that you would just buy a house on the internet and just trek on over there. I mean, I love that. Well, adventure. it's really a foolish, foolish crazy thing to do but I know that a lot of people have the same experience where when it's something that that is clearly like Holy Spirit or providential and it's just something you're supposed to do we didn't really have any qualms about it really and it sounds I mean I don't know why I obviously the reason <laughs> why is because we were supposed to you were do meant it. to do it of course and everything that's happened since then has just been so beautiful and and inspiring and and just meant to be, clearly. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, when we did it, it wasn't like, you know, your hands are shaking and, oh, we shouldn't do this and sick to your stomach and worried. And we didn't feel any of that. And maybe it's just because we're dumb. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I it think it's, out, I think so it's more glad. what you said, that when it truly is something that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, yeah, it can look really crazy on the outside. But if you have that inner sense of peace, that's where it's exactly. coming from. It's because exactly. you're meant to, you're meant to do that. So, mm-hmm. what an inspiring story from you and your husband, adventurers. And you know, people can check out your blog and they can check out um, Instagram at House Unseen and see the beautiful work that you've been doing in that house. I mean, an ongoing labor of love and just, I mean, you know, from the snakes in the walls to uh, 
<laughs> to just repainting the furniture. And I mean, it's just a really beautiful yes, story. Well, you know, it's gotten good when you, you can even think about painting furniture. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you guys have done some great work and not to mention the great work you're doing raising your seven kids and just, it's just a beautiful, inspiring life that you're living. So I'm so yeah, glad you're here you. with us. Yeah. So just the sort of thing we like to look at and talk about on Girlfriends. So we're going to get to the questions that I ask everybody who dares. Come on, girlfriends, Dweja. I'm ready. All right. So the first one, can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? Like the first time you ever had a real sense of achievement or accomplishment? You could tell a story from your work or from your personal life. You know, I have been thinking about this and praying about it and just trying to pick a moment. And it's really uh, difficult for me to, to pinpoint one single thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like every time I like look at the life that we're living, the fact that we own a house at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that we have these kids, the fact that you know we have two cars, I feel like that is kind of like I'm living a triumph in a way mm-hmm. because I, you know, the the way I was raised and the things I went through growing up did not lend themselves to this being an obvious outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we didn't, we, I lived in apartments. We moved around a lot. My parents were divorced, all these different things that um, could have led to a very different sort of place Sure. as an adult. And so just the fact that I can, just the fact that I can look at this and, and say that this is normal, like, mm-hmm. wow. It's, I'm living a normal, <laughs> what I perceive to be like normal and good and like joy-filled peaceful yeah. life. That That's like a triumph right oh, there, I think. I love that. Your whole life is a triumph. And, <laughs> you know, and, but I love the message there that it's so true that, um, you know, just the idea that you can, you can break a cycle inside of a, a family history or, you know, that yeah. sometimes do the the thing that nobody thinks you're, you're going to do because of your background or whatever, right. you know, your, your family circumstances were growing up. And that's really encouraging. I think in today's world where so many families are, are broken and wounded in so many ways that that doesn't have to be the end of the story that, you know, we can always through God's good grace, just rise up out of that as you guys yeah, obviously you have. You can fill in all those, all those blanks, all those cracks you think are irreparable. Mm-hmm. You know, he can just kind of, patch it over for you beautiful I love that and so what what a great I think that's a great triumph that's one of my favorites (laughs) you're like yeah my life's a triumph okay (laughs) that's the best okay okay (laughs) that is awesome thanks Tweeja for sharing that all right moving on to the juicier details tell us about a mistake you once made and what did you learn from that mistake Oh, this is also hard because I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly making mistakes. Um, but I, something from actually a long time ago came to mind when I was um, a working mom. I was working outside the home mm-hmm. and I was a lot younger than I am now and, and not as experienced. And um, at work, there was this conflict between two employees, one of whom... I agreed with mm-hmm. and who was kind of like, you know, in the right. And the other one I did agree with who, you know, I felt was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that I approached solving this problem resulted in the person who was wrong being very upset. 
Mm. And, um, and then I was uh, annoyed with her, the, the person who was upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, I realized that I was having compassion for the per- person who I agreed with. But I was not having compassion for the person I disagreed with. Oh, I see. So I approached this problem as this person I agree with is right, so I'm going to show my kindness and patience with them. And this person who I disagree with, who's clearly wrong, you know, doesn't deserve that. Now, I didn't think of it that way. Sure. But that's how I treated it. I treated her as if, well... If you're wrong, you know, sucks for you. <laughs> Deal with that. <laughs> and then I had, you know, and then I had the audacity to be upset that she was upset. Right. Like, I, <laughs> I just treated you badly and you're upset with me. How dare you? That's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're so unreasonable. Oh, my gosh. And it did. It took me a long time to put my finger on the fact that, wait a second, I had done something wrong as well. Mm-hmm. And that it's not, I shouldn't be the one frustrated. I should be the one learning. Oh, well, I love that story because, you know, that shows great insight and it takes a lot of humility to get to that place. I think many years, right? I tell you years with that particular, just that instance, it, it really, I know that God wanted to teach me something with that because he never let it leave, leave my mind fully until I kind of came to that realization or accepted that realization. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, but I like that insight too, that to be reminded that just because you think somebody's wrong, that doesn't negate your responsibility to show them compassion and mercy and be loving and kind in the way that you interact with them. Um, Yeah. A really important message, especially in today's political sphere, I think. (laughs) Yes. So many people are wrong, but... I can be a jerk because you're wrong. Didn't you read that clause in the Bible? (laughs) If the other person's wrong, you can be a jerk. No, I, but I I really, I love that insight. And I think that's really helpful for in all of our relationships. And don't you love that that came from a work situation? Because I, I think that that's something that I never thought I would gain from, you know, a working life that, you know, I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, there are all these different reasons to work or to not work. And one of the surprise benefits to me of working is that the lessons you learn about human interactions and that those, they can help to form you and make you a better person by just learning to interact with so many different kinds of people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, whatever your life circumstances are, uh, you know, God can use that to to teach you all sorts of things. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, in X circumstance, I can learn Y and in Z circumstance, I can learn A and that's just how it works. Right. Right. It's not like that at all. You just have to be open to the fact that you could learn things you weren't expecting to. (laughs) So true. And sometimes in humbling ways. (laughs) Oh, almost always. (laughs) Those are the, those are the most important lessons we learn, though. The ones we tend not to forget. I guess God knows that. (laughs) If it were very pleasant to learn, we might quickly forget the lesson. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, moving on to our next question, Dweeja, can you tell us what is the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it? Um, I don't know if this is the best advice ever, but again, this is what kept coming to mind when I was thinking about this. Sure. And this actually happened at that same job um, when I was working 
Um, and it was my boss at the time. And it, it comes from that book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Sure. I'm sure. I mean, that was all the rage back in the olden days <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> well, I remember it too back in the okay. old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all remember that. And uh, one of the principles, I believe, at least he told me that this was it. I didn't actually read the book. This was just what he had shared with me, mm -hmm. my boss. Um, and it was, uh, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Oh. And um, hold on one second. <laughs> That's Sorry, all right. My kids are all home. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just side note. If you have a four-year-old, they don't always understand the body language the way that your teenagers do. <laughs> were, you, were you giving them a message like, don't talk to I'm me doing, right now? I'm doing the, the yes eyebrows. Like, hello, these are my yes eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> they will pick up on that later. It's, it's right? important. And so, like, my older kids totally know, I guess, what yes eyebrows are. Oh. <laughs> well, my four-year-old's like, huh, Gosh. can I, huh, can I, huh? Can I? <laughs> Hello, learn the eyebrow language. <laughs> that is so cute. I love it. Okay, so I'll go back to my story. Yes. So the thing that he said was, um, you know, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was, uh, you know, managing at the store, and I was a lot younger and less experienced. And I did have a tendency, as with my previous story, to kind of decide in advance what is right and wrong and uh, maybe bulldoze a little bit mm -hmm. through <laughs> other people and situations to achieve the right goal at the end. Yeah. Um, and so he offered me this advice that really helped me there in that job, but also helps me in um, mothering mm -hmm. and in being a friend and in understanding or trying to understand where people are coming from. Um, and it doesn't mean that you need to agree mm -hmm. before you get them to try to get them to understand you. You just have to see where they're coming from. Right. Like to make the effort to appreciate why they're saying what they're saying. You will probably still think it's wrong, <laughs> but at least you can, again, develop that that compassion for them. And then when you present kind of their differing opinion, it doesn't feel to them or sound to them so much like you're trying to crush them. <laughs> right. That is great advice. I love that because who doesn't need to know that? Because we're going, no matter what your state in life, you're interacting with other people and you're, you're having potential conflicts with other people. And the idea to meet people and try to understand their perspective before you start trying to ram your perspective down their throat that can be so, such a gift in a relationship, you know? <laughs> I mean, I still work on it. I of have course. to tell you. <laughs> we, well, we're all working on it, you know? But, but it was a very important starting off point, you know? Yeah. Even the realization that I wasn't doing that. Right. You know? Yeah. He, when he said that to me, I'm thinking, I'm very understanding. <laughs> the most understanding person in this room. <laughs> I understand that they are wrong. <laughs> you know I, mean? I get it. And you know, when you were talking about that, I just started to think of um, a person that I knew years ago, who was like one of the best listeners ever. 
and I didn't always agree with him and he didn't always agree with me, but what he would do when I would talk to him is kind of like, just, you know, very quietly listen and then repeat back to me what he thought I was saying. And I just felt so validated by that, yeah. you know, like I was, I was ready to, you know, engage with him about any particular discussion, even if we were in disagreement about it, because I felt so respected by that. The, you yeah. know, that's, that's all any of us wants. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. And when you get that from somebody, even if you're still going to disagree at the end of the day, it makes a huge difference in your relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I find that um, I have misunderstood what they're trying to say. Right. You know, they'll use a word in a way that I don't use it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interpreting that to mean something negative when really they mean something positive. So, you know, just asking, hey, when you say blah, blah, do you mean this? Right. You know, before, you know, before the freak out, before (laughs) even presenting your side of anything, just I want to make sure that we are speaking the same language here. Yeah. And, you know, it even happens. Yeah. I totally agree. And I find that even happens inside a marriage with with somebody that you're so, so close with that you think you get each other's language and you know what they mean. You know what? 90% 90% of the time I I don't <laughs> when I'm yes. getting when I'm getting upset about something it's because I'm not completely understanding what he's saying exactly. Yeah, sometimes I've developed this uh, habit of forcing myself to say I don't think I'm understanding you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because what I really want to say is I hate what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and, you know, it's just kind of a good reminder that is even with people that you're close with that you think totally get you and you totally get them. Mm-hmm. Human communication is flawed. It's hopelessly flawed. So keeping that yes. in mind is so helpful. I love that you have a go-to phrase. It probably makes your husband pause. Like, oh, no. He's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, how do I word this correctly? <laughs> Well, you know, and I find it's helpful for me, like, just to remember, like, sometimes we're just so quick to assign bad motives to other people that, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and that's my worst thing. Like, you know, when Dan will say something, I have to remind myself, oh, hey, you didn't actually marry a monster. He's not some big fat jerk going around <laughs> trying to ruin your life. He's this person who loves you and cares for you. And so, you know, yeah. actually, hey, respond to that person like they do know you and care about you. So mm-hmm. good, so good reminders in all of our communications. I love that. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for that lovely advice. So it's seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. And from your your long ago boss, it's still reaping reaping good fruit. Yes, yeah, and I are still Facebook friends. Hey, maybe he'll listen to this interview. Yeah, you'll have to link it up when it goes live and let him know that he made it. He made the big time. He is on the Girlfriends podcast. Good job, Dale. Uh-huh. He'll probably be like, I have no recollection of that. Isn't that funny about those Holy Spirit moments? It is. Yes. You'll, you'll, you'll tell someone like, I know I haven't seen you in 10 years, but I always remember that time when blah, blah, blah. And they're looking at you like, what? what? <laughs> that must be some other friend of yours. Yeah. That happened? I don't know. I know. I have that happen all the time, both ways. You know, that mm-hmm. someone, will oh, yeah. say, someone will say, oh, I'll never forget how you, like, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm pretty genius. I I'm, didn't know I said that. I am so <laughs> smart going around saving the world and then forgetting about it. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the best. Okay, well, we're going to run out of time, so we got to get to your lightning round, Dweja. Right, right. I'm I'm really hoping that you're nervous for this. Um, uh, oh, should I be? Yeah, yeah. Try to get nervous. Uh, <laughs> these are really tough questions. <laughs> oh man. No, they're I'm not. Do some squats. They're not. Yeah, get warmed <laughs> up. Psych yourself up. You can do this. Run in place. It's just 60 seconds of fast, fun questions where we get to know Dweja just a little bit better, even though she shares pretty openly online. Yeah, I'm like, what do you not know? <laughs> okay, well, we'll find out, and maybe you'll just point us towards some of the things you do online. So if you're ready, here okay. we go. Dweja Barobia's lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Okay, Dweja, what's one thing that has surprised you most about being a mom? Oh... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this is supposed to be lightning, but I don't know. Okay. Um, that I have to sleep. <laughs> oh, who knew? You're not a superhero. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I needed to sleep before I was a mom. Now you know. I actually, until probably like three years ago, I was still like, no. Don't need to sleep. Don't need it. <laughs> All right. In a rare moment alone, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Um... I like to sneak food out of the refrigerator without using any kind of vessel. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Gross. So I'm just yeah. eating straight out of the leftovers container or maybe, you know, like drinking out of the milk jug. Like Don't a, tell a wild animal in your kitchen. Yes, I love it. Yes, okay. I'm doing it. I'm Great. It. <laughs> All right. And then real quick, years from now, St. Dweja will be the patron saint of what? Oh, my goodness. Well, St. Jude already has impossible causes, <laughs> you right? Could, you could team up. <laughs> I feel like we could be friends. I bet. Okay. Oh, and I might be. Saints Jude and Dweja, patron saints of lost causes. Got it. <laughs> impossible situations. Good job. You yes, survived. That's how I feel. You made it through your lightning round in, in flying colors. Beautiful job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the slow lightning oh my gosh you get to see for a long time up in the sky oh well you know a couple of weeks ago I shared an interview with uh Regina Doman and her lightning round was honestly that it was hilarious because she doesn't do lightning like not that she's a slow person but she she wants to talk in depth about what she's going to share about and I made the mistake of asking her about the last book she read and she just it was it was it was a one question (laughs) lightning round and she just she just wanted to talk about that book and yeah so I love it because you know what? Even that just shows a little bit of everyone's personality. Everyone's and personality, exactly. The best. You appreciate that there's just so many. I know. <laughs> it takes all kinds, right? It does. And that's part of what I love to to do on Girlfriends here is just meet and talk with so many different women and learn from their life experiences, which you've shared so beautifully here. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Juija. I'm so glad that I was able to, to have this chat, Danielle. Yeah, really it was a ton of fun. Now, before we have to say goodbye, maybe you can let us know what project are you working on? Maybe it's in your house. What's something yes. that you're doing that you're excited about? I am actually in the middle of a painting a bench. Nice. Uh, I was <laughs> literally doing it right before our chat, and I'll probably go back to it as long as everyone's still sleeping <laughs> once we get off the phone. Nice. Um, yeah, just fun things like that just uh, to 
to make our house a home. I love to, what is it called? Feather my nest. <laughs> yes. And you do such a beautiful job of it. And I, I love it because what comes through, what comes shining through in all of your photos and your Instagram and everywhere that you share is you, you've got this artist's soul and that it's something that you don't have to give up because you're a mom, because you've got, you know, this crazy life in this house with these kids and chickens and whatnot. You don't have to give that up. You can still be, you can still, you know, have that creative expression in your life. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And thank you for all that you share. People can check you out at, what's your um, website address for your blog? It's uh, www.houseunseen, all one word, dot com. Great. And pretty much everywhere on the internet, if you just do house unseen, all one word, uh, then uh, I shall be there. <laughs> Love it. And you'll people will also get bonus, these awesome baby pictures. Of, oh my sweet you, children! Oh yes. my gosh! Oh my gosh! And, and you're gonna—it's worth it. It's worth the follow. Okay, everybody. House oh, unseen. Thanks. Check it out. I better go quick. Write a blog post. <laughs> no, people can scroll through the archives. I really count on archives myself. So you know, <laughs> archives are great. Do lots of clicking. Lots that's of right. Clicking. That's right. Click a category and just enjoy. So <laughs> that's the best. Thank you so much for sharing right, so beautifully here. It was a joy having you, and God bless you. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. See, she's great. And her story is so fascinating. And her blog is so interesting. I just love what she and her husband have done. The great adventure that they've gone on as a family and that she's chronicled online through social media as well. So check it out at House Unseen. And if you know of somebody that you'd like to hear me talk to here in this space in the interview section of the Girlfriends Podcast, send me your ideas because I'm always open to hearing your ideas for the different kinds of voices you'd like to hear, the different kinds of people that you'd like to see represented here in the podcast. So email me, Danielle at Danielle Bean, or you know my love language. Leave me that voice feedback, that voicemail. That is what Audra did. And I really love everything that she has to share about body image. Hey, Danielle, it's Audra Melton here. Um, I know how much you love to get voicemail feedback. So I'm recording a nice long MP3 for you. I wanted to let you know that I just feel your podcast is just made specifically for me. It it never ceases to amaze me that every time I go to listen to it, what you're talking about is something that I'm going through that week. It's amazing. God's providence is wonderful. So I was pleasantly surprised last week when I checked the podcasts and saw your podcast called Build a Better Body Image. Because what a surprise. I struggle with that. And lately, it's just been a fierce, fierce battle. Um, Back in January, I had the privilege of going on a silent retreat before my fourth child was born in May. I took advantage of the generosity of my husband and did that. So the first morning that I woke up and rolled out of bed, I went to brush my teeth and I looked in the mirror and clear as day, I heard that voice say, your face is fat. And I I was startled because I had never 
I had never heard that voice. You know, we, we live such a hectic existence, you know, meeting needs and always moving, 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 that we never actually get to face that demon because it is a demon. You are absolutely 100% correct. It is a demon that seeks to tear at our identity as children of God and our self-worth and our self-love. So I looked at my face and I said, sure, I've got a fat face. My husband loves my fat face. God made my fat face. So be gone. But that was really the beginning of a major battle against this demon. It really changed my perception on low self-esteem. You know, um, I... I have always struggled with it, and I never gave it much thought other than the whole label of low self-esteem. You don't ever think of it as being a spiritual battle, but it is. And I wanted to share with the girlfriends some advice that my spiritual director gave me, I think maybe even the day before I went to listen to Build a Better Body Image, or the day of. It was something crazy. We just finished talking about that voice. That, that inner demon, that, that low self-esteem, she told me, every time you recognize that voice, that interior tearing down of self, no matter what you're doing, sign yourself with the sign of the cross. And if you have holy water, it's even better. All, all the better, you know. Um, but sign yourself with the sign of the cross and say, Satan, be gone. And Danielle... I've got to tell you, I've only been doing this for a week, and it is so empowering, especially with holy water, because it's just a beautiful reminder of the fact that we are indeed children of God. We have been baptized. He wants us, and He loves us, no matter what. No, you know, I have bad varicose veins on my legs. Now that I've had children, my legs kind of look blue and lumpy, kind of like a map of the Amazon, I imagine. But it doesn't matter, because this will all fade, and we will all resurrect. Hopefully, God willing, um, we will all resurrect on the last day in our glorified bodies and be united to Him. So, thank you so much for everything you do, Danielle. God bless this project. Every time I talk to my friends, I feel like I'm always talking about the podcast. It has that big of an impact on my existence. I don't know if that's a sad thing. I think it's awesome. You are one of those veteran mothers that I look up to and I love. And even though we've never met, I really feel that you and I are friends because we can identify on a deep level of faith and womanhood. I love you, and I pray for you often. God bless. Wow. Thank you so much, Audra, for sharing that feedback. I think it is such an important message for women to hear. Of course, I'm very grateful for your kind comments about the podcast, but even more so, I'm grateful for your vulnerable sharing about your own struggles with body image and the ways in which the evil one is a part of it, because that is truly at the heart of everything. When you're talking about that self-esteem, and we all suffer blows to our self-esteem in different ways, and I'm not talking about that like feel-good self-esteem culture, like you're great, you're great, you're great. No, the reason you're great is because you're made 
in the image of God, that you're a daughter of God. We're daughters and sons of God. And that's where our self-esteem is meant to come from. And so I love that you're so clear about that, Audra, and the fact that Satan himself despises us for that very reason and wants us to throw it away, wants us to reject it. And that truly is the voice of evil when you hear that in your own head and to you know, in whatever way is comfortable to you spiritually, you know, some people don't want to like speak to Satan, you know, they, they might feel like that's crazy, but reject it, reject those thoughts, reject that voice in your head. I think it is such an important and powerful message that women today need to hear. And so I thank you for sharing that. And I thank you for adding your voice to girlfriends. It is so valuable and so very needed. If you, like Audra, have something to share on uh, the topic we talked about today, which is setting boundaries, or any of the previous topics that we've taken up here at Girlfriends, you know, we did one recently on apologies. I received a couple of email replies about that that asked me not to share, but I love to know when I'm hitting a nerve with you, when you're hearing about a topic that's important to you, or if there's a topic I'm not addressing that you think would be helpful, um, you know, if it's something that I feel that I have something to share on, I'll be glad to take it up. I would love to have that feedback from you. So you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or you can go to daniellebean.com and click that leave voice feedback tab, which will take you to SpeakPipe, which is an outside service that you, on which you can record 90 seconds of audio. You don't need anything fancy to do it, just your phone or your computer. You don't need a microphone or whatever. Just using the equipment that you have on your computer is fine. Uh, I would love it because I love to have multiple voices. I, that's why I do the interview every week because I don't feel like I'm the only person who has something to say. I know you have something to say. And I would love to hear from you and include your voice in a future episode of Girlfriends. And just like that, we're coming to the end of another show. You'll hear from me when I'm back from my big road trip. I'll record an episode that that following week and uh, share with you all that happened. I'm sure there's going to be some adventures in our future here. (laughs) Wish me luck. Pray for me while I'm on the road. I really appreciate it. Um, But in the meantime, I want to thank you for your presence here. I want to thank you for subscribing to the podcast, for your positive reviews, for sharing the links on Facebook or on your blogs or on Twitter and anywhere that you, you feel compelled to do it. I really appreciate your help in getting the word out about girlfriends so that we can reach more people with our message. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.